Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow man, hoping we can make Welcome back to Blog Talk Radio. I should be saying that to myself because uh, uh, I've missed some. We've been a little bit sketchy since uh, the holidays, but uh, we are getting back on track with our Tuesday night regular uh, guests that we have on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. And that's what we like to do. We like to talk about real life and how it connects with our faith on a day-to-day basis, um, uh, Christianity in the marketplace is really uh, what we're all about here at The Catch, and um, I hope you are following us. I hope you uh, uh, get The Catch every day uh, in your email, and if not, uh, that you'll find us at at, Catch. catchjohnfisher.com and sign up and you'll get a fresh piece of writing every day, uh, every morning from me. And um, boy, there's tons of other things we're doing besides that that's getting pretty exciting. Uh, one of those things is uh, this this show we do every Tuesday. And then on Sunday nights, we actually have church live at the catch, um, live at our Facebook site. And um, then we have uh, uh, prayer ministry. We've got counseling going. We've got um, more and more uh, helps and stuff for you to research and grow. And uh, w- what we really like to teach here uh, is is great. We call it grace turned outward. And that means God's grace given to us, but then we do not keep it to ourselves. That's the whole point of grace. We give it away. And um, uh, that's that's what we're all about. And that's what we're going to hear about, as a matter of fact, tonight from a very special guest. I, I was thinking, gosh, you know, it's, it's Super Bowl coming up. And, of course, here in, uh, in, in the Los Angeles area, we are all pretty excited about the Rams. And... Uh, 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 we haven't even had a team for 25 years, for heaven's sakes. And now we actually have one in the Super Bowl within three years of getting a team back. So we're all pretty pumped down here. And uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But I thought it would be great to have someone um, who who was uh, familiar with sports and, uh, and football and all that. And I, I just immediately thought of my buddy Jim Stump, who uh, I knew back in the days of uh, Peninsula Bible Church. Um, uh, uh, Jim Jim just reminded me that I sang at his wedding. I don't remember that, <laughs> but that's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, and uh, but Jim has had 
for over 40 years an incredible ministry with athletes, uh, primarily at Stanford University, but he was chaplain at uh, the uh, for the 49ers and the, the San Francisco Giants, and now he's uh, moved to be closer to his kids and grandkids at the uh, in in Texas. So he's actually been doing uh, some of the same kind of mentoring at SMU uh, Southern. Is that Southern Methodist University there in Texas? That's it. So uh, that's it. Um, so I just thought, wow, Jim would be great. And lo and behold, he was available. Um, so please, uh, to Blog Talk Radio, Jim Stump. Welcome, Jim. Thanks, John. It's great to be with you, brother. Yeah. Yeah, this is exciting. So you are... You are now in Texas. How long have you been there? Because that's about new to me. About two and a half years. Yes, about two, two and, and a half, half years. years. We, we moved here. I, I figured after 45 years at Stanford, that was a good round number, and it was going to have to end <laughs> at, at some point anyway, and so why not? I, I went out with Stanford winning uh, their last Rose Bowl against Iowa, and I figured uh, my first year at Stanford back in 1970, we won the Rose Bowl with Jim Plunkett at quarterback. Uh, yep. Gary won the Heisman wow. Trophy, and and so uh, then in 2015 uh, we we took on uh, the University of Iowa and beat them. And Christian McCaffrey was uh, runner up to the oh, Heisman yeah. Trophy and was one of the young men that I mentored there. So uh, a lot oh, of reasons great. for saying you know it's time to move to be closer to grandkids in the Dallas area. So that's where we are. And when you moved, were you planning on uh, getting involved there at SMU, or did that just kind of grow out of of, of being there? John, that's a great question. I, I, I frankly did not. My, my plan for this next chapter of my life was to be a mentor to the mentors. I felt that God had taught mm. me some important lessons that uh, – during those 45 years at Stanford that I could pass on to other guys who were in the same, who had the same heart for mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. mentoring to athletes, college athletes mainly. And, and so I wanted to do that. And then the SMU coaches found out that I was in town and said, come and do for us what you did at Stanford. So that is how I happened to be in there. And interestingly enough, Sonny wow. Dix, uh, who's, who's the head coach now at, at SMU uh, coached, uh, Jay Goff, who's the Rams quarterback uh, at the oh, University yeah. of California before he moved here. So uh, no another kidding. connection there. And he, he has been wonderfully open and receptive to having me um, work with his uh, athletes and coaches. Wow. Well, listen, uh, tell, us, uh, tell us how this all got started uh, and then uh, – I am just fascinated uh, with the way in which you go about um, working with athletes. Uh, you know, I think when, you know, just uh, normally when we, we think someone's going to take on a ministry, well, they're going to, they're going to be holding meetings. They're going to be talking to people. They're going to be lecturing. They're going to be teaching, uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and, Jim, it sounds like you have worked out a, a really a, a whole different model 
for this thing. So try and uh, get us into that. Let us know how how this got started and 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 then then how did you end up with with the with the model that you have of of mentoring because it it just seems to be uh, so perfect for this environment. Uh, great question, John. When when I came to Stanford uh, back in 1970, uh, I was introduced to the head football coach, and he said, well, uh, if you're being introduced by our All-American linebacker, Jeff Seaman, then you must be a good man, so would you like to speak to my whole team and tell them what you're going to be doing here, and your availability as a resource to them? So that opened up the door for wow. me to speak to the whole team, and at that time, there were only five guys that would identify with being followers of Jesus on the team. But as a result of that meeting, about <clears throat> about 13 people uh, in the next couple of weeks became believers. And uh, so we, we had a, a wonderful time uh, the rest of that year. More and more guys were coming to faith as they found someone who had the background and training to be able to answer questions and and tell them how they could begin a relationship with Jesus. And I think that's that's been the main issue for a lot of people, even those raised in the church, um, who just didn't know how to make that move to actually commit their lives to follow Jesus. And wow. so that, that first year, we had a, a wonderful time and went out and beat Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and they were the number one ranked team in the country that year. And then the following year, we made the Rose Bowl again against Michigan, who that year was the number one ranked team in the country, and and beat them as well. But before in the chapel services uh, service before that second Rose Bowl, we had almost the whole team that was involved in that chapel service, coaches and mm. players. So God obviously wow. had done an amazing work during those two years, and so interestingly enough. I got a call from the tennis coach at Stanford uh, uh, who claimed to be an atheist, but he, he said, you know, you come to Stanford and we win two straight Rose Bowls after not having won <laughs> one in about 30 years. And I haven't won a – Stanford hasn't won a national championship uh, in even longer than that, so why don't you come and speak to my team? <laughs> so I did, and a bunch of the guys became believers and really began to grow, and we had a great Bible study and – they won a national championship wow. that year. So, you know, obviously Are you kidding me? Is, I, I, am, I am not taking any credit at all. It was just something God did. <laughs> but it, it certainly opened the door uh, to other teams and other athletes and coaches. And wow. so I, I began to have opportunities galore to uh, share my faith with guys. And I, I found out pretty quickly that – uh, most people, men anyway, are not going to open up and, and tell you what's really going on if there's a peer uh, sitting at the table with them. So um, so I just decided to start meeting one-on-one with guys, and boy, the, the floodgates opened. And so my, my model, if you will, at Stanford for all those years was to meet with 35 guys a week one-on-one. Those are the only hours I had available to meet with them. So I met wow. with about 35 guys a week, one-on-one for an hour each week, and uh, answered questions, led them to faith in Jesus, and then uh, then helped them to grow in their walk uh, by meeting as as many weeks, years as they wanted to meet. And so obviously you get really deep into each other's lives 
uh, yeah. if, if you're doing things that way. And to this day, I mean, I just got a call from one of the the uh, leading uh, linebackers in the NFL saying, you know, I'm getting married this summer and I, I want you to do my wedding. And I, I've done probably close mm. to 100 weddings uh, of former athletes and coaches at Stanford. So that, that's pretty special to have that ongoing relationship. Uh, but it, again, fantastic. I just found out that guys are going to, guys are going to open up a lot more in a one-on-one setting um, and where it's safe and they don't, they don't have to worry about uh, what they're saying, getting back to their coaches or athletic director or whatever. Cause I never did work for Stanford. I had uh, sports challenge, which was my 501 C three nonprofit. And so the guys knew okay. that Stanford didn't have their hooks in me in any way. So they could, they could really lay, lay everything out there that, they needed to. Wow. Did you have any, ever have any um, any struggles, though, with, uh, you know, freedom to speak? And did you ever – did anybody ever hassle you about, you know, the, the, the whole religion aspect of, of what you were well, doing? Well, uh, are you sitting down? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, in in 45 years, I never had one problem with any athlete, coach, staff member, parent, anyone except for the Office of Religious Life. And there was <laughs> on, ongoing persecution of me for about 40 of those 45 years, um, the, the last 40 of them. And uh, so, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's ironic, but uh, I, I feel like I'm in pretty good company because the only people that ever gave Jesus a bad time were the religious leaders. So not that I'm That's right. putting myself on the same level, but, but certainly when, when people see the truth um, of, of the scriptures and uh, they, they realize what's going on in the relationships that are being built, uh, they're threatened. Because, well, for example, uh, one of the one of the people in the Office of Religious Life at Stanford approached me when she first got to Stanford 18 years before, and said, uh, "I know who you are. I know what you're all about, and I want you to know that my my goal is to be the face of spirituality for the Stanford football team. And as long as you're here, that'll never happen because you have all the relationships. So I want you to know that I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of you." So, oh my God, that was that was the kind of of thing that was constantly looming, and you know, God just gave me the grace to continue to meet with guys. I've always tried to stay very much under under the uh, under mm-hmm. the awning, as it were, uh, not wanting to uh, you know do interviews or um, you know put myself up on, on any kind of a pedestal. I, I always went the other direction. Uh, so, yeah, that's it, wow. it's a good question. <laughs> but, you wow. know, that's, uh, the only only people who ever gave me a problem were the religious folks. Wow. So, but you were, it, it sounds like, like you said, you were not sponsored by Stanford or no. or the coaches? Really? Nothing like no. that? It's just that you were there. And if they the, wanted the coaches, to spend time, the coaches all you could do that. The coaches knew that I was there. Yeah. The coaches knew I was there and uh, saw the value of these guys having someone 
safe to go talk to. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's why they were always very, very supportive of what I was doing. So 35 guys a, a, a week. Mm-hmm. You spent 30, and, and where where did you do this? You just sit in a coffee shop somewhere at, on at, campus? Or? Yeah, that's that's exactly right. There's a there was a a little cafe in the in the athletic building building called the Sports Cafe, and I had the same table every week, uh, every day, uh, wow. in the corner up against the window, and it was the the uh, safest place and a very open atmosphere. Uh, because everybody else could see me meeting with guys, but they didn't know what was going on because the way I set it up, the athletes were speaking into the corner so nobody could overhear their conversation. Um, so that's that's what it was. Wow, that's a lot of coffee, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd start at, at uh, eight, 8 o'clock in the morning and and uh, meet with a guy for an hour, and and the next guy uh, would be tapping him on the shoulder at 9 o'clock and saying, go to class, it's my turn. And then at 10 o'clock, the same thing. And so it was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, basically seven guys a day, uh, five days a week. And then, Mm. of course, the the games on on Saturday. And so there was was a lot of uh, opportunities. Wow. That uh that that's just that's just amazing. And 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 when you think uh, talk talk to us some more about just the whole mentoring model because uh it's uh you know I I'm sure you were influenced by um by Coleman's book and you know we were taught a lot of that at PPC about uh yeah. uh, uh discipleship and um Thank, thanks for bringing yeah, so, that, up. that that book was yeah. next next to the scriptures the most influential piece of literature i read in in all my years mm. uh such a simple concept but that's the way jesus was he he just did things in a simple way but very transferable and uh that of course was borne out uh as we watched the church explode in the in the first century in the book of acts and beyond yeah so so were some of these but go ahead uh in in the model it's it's obviously very relationship based and and not not an information or program based time um the uh, i believe that changed lives come out of relationships and not out of hearing uh, a bunch of theology or doctrine. Uh, not that we didn't mm-hmm. discuss a lot of theology and doctrine, but the basis of our times together was was building the relationship and building the trust. And that yeah. uh, that has continued to be uh, very much the the same way. And we we were very Jesus focused. And uh, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know that Jesus wasn't a Christian. Uh, he was Jewish. And so uh, we're, we're Jesus focused and not Christian focused. Um, mm-hmm. So, and uh, the, obviously the the message of Jesus uh, was shared with every athlete uh, with whom I met. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, one of the people who was involved in ministry on the campus uh, just a few years ago, uh, 
uh, came to me and, and told me that uh, just totally unsolicited, but he, he said that I had led more people into a relationship with Jesus in a year than all the other 20 plus campus ministries combined. And I'm not sure how he found that out and it doesn't really matter. And it, what matters is that this model works because again, yeah. people, people find Jesus out of a relationship. So, well, and you um, get, you have the opportunity to get so much closer to uh, exactly. each person that way. Yeah. And, yeah. and they have more freedom to work through their own, barriers and uh sure that's you know uh when you started started meeting with with these guys uh i'm sure uh they were they weren't all christians to start with were they oh most most of them were not uh mm-hmm. which i love uh i i love that because it it brings guys who have questions uh obviously at stanford the guys were very intelligent and wanted to know answers, and yet they were very quick to respond to the truth when they saw mm-hmm. um, the truth about a relationship with Jesus and what that, uh, what that entailed, how to, how to start that and the benefits from it and, uh, you know, all, all the above. Wow. Did you I, have another any... Thing is I, uh, I, only, I only met with athletes of, of my own gender, so uh, not that I have anything against women, but I had a couple of friends who basically rumors had started about them because they were meeting with women and they lost their ministry. And I just said, why even take that chance? You know, my schedule is full with a waiting list of about 20 a week usually. Um, Yeah. And, and so why even take that chance of people starting rumors that might be untrue, but no, that makes sense there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you have any kind of uh, curriculum or anything you wanted to take everybody through or anything, anything like that? Or what did you, know, you I, kind I, of, was each I one did. individual? Um, I, I had a couple of things. First of all, I, my first uh, quite a few years, I, I would just take them through the gospel of John verse by verse. And, for some guys, it took five years to get through the Gospel of John uh, because so many wow. questions would spin off from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, two or three verses that we would read. And all of a sudden it was, hang on. Well, if he said that, then what about this? And so then we'd, <laughs> we'd say, well, let's, let's look at what the rest of the scriptures have to say about that issue. And so it, uh, it got to be almost a joke among the guys that uh, it, it took so long to get through anything, but it was essential because these guys wanted to know answers. And, uh, you know, we're, we're told to teach from all of the scriptures, not just take a verse here and a verse there. And then later in, uh, in my ministry, in my last few years, uh, I found a group down in Southern California, San Diego area uh, called multiplication ministries. And they had put together a, uh, a 16-page pamphlet on really foundational issues in, in the Christian faith. And you could tell it was put together by a bunch of former navigator, um, campus mm-hmm. crusade or crew, uh, intervarsity people, because, you know, you recognize illustrations. Uh, 
And so <laughs> I, I just found that most people are really lacking in having been taught the basics. And so I focused on that, knowing that, you know, foundations are extremely important. Uh, and that uh, if you're going to build a high rise, from what I understand, you, you go as deep into the ground with the foundation as you go high above the earth. And so in the same way in our faith, uh, building a solid, deep foundation, uh, as you go on and begin to grow in your faith, that uh, you have something to to uh, move up against and, and to say, does that really, does what this pastor is teaching, does that fit with the foundational principles that I know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um you know, it seems like Jim, you have in a in a setting like that in the college setting, you you've got a perfect environment. I mean, from the standpoint is uh, you've got a captive audience; they're all going to be there for a particular uh, amount of time, and mm-hmm. and they're in a learning setting, so they're they're learning right. other things anyway, and. And then you've got this uh, opportunity to just be available and sit there. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that makes me jealous. I mean, what an opportunity, <laughs> what a perfect ministry, you know, it, but it's, it, it's a lot of that is unique to the situation. What about the rest of us? You know, we, if we want to take on a group, if, if we want to mentor somebody, um, how do we get started? Is is that it's a, it seems would that be a lot harder to do when you don't have the environment kind of set for you like that? Do you understand well, what I'm saying? I, yeah, I think so, John. And and it can be obviously. Uh, and the fact that I met with so many guys a week, I, I'm not saying everybody ought to do that because we all have our lives. Yeah. And some people can might only have one hour a week. Well how do you use that one hour? And we mm-hmm. all, we all know people. Uh, and, you know, it's, it, it, it's really non-threatening to a person to just say, Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee and get to know you? And, and then mm-hmm. just when you sit down, ask questions and you may go Question. three weeks or, or more just getting to know that person. And then finally, um, uh, you, you can say, look, I've I've got some other friends. I I think that uh, that you would like to get to know, and uh, you know maybe even your wife would too. And we we all happen to go to the same church, but I I'd, I'd love to introduce you to them, and uh, they're they're good folks, and uh, it might be a good time. And so introduce that, and then you know if if the back to the first meeting, if, if that meeting goes well. You might say to the person, "Well, boy, I really enjoyed this. Let's let's meet again in a couple of weeks." And if that goes well, say, mm-hmm. "Hey, you know, we, would you be open to doing this on a regular basis? I'm really enjoying this." And mm-hmm. and and then just uh, again, it all comes out of relationships. Uh, the, from what I understand, some statistics I've seen: eighty percent of the people who leave a church leave because they have no relationships there. And about that same wow. percentage go to a church because they have a relationship there. So, hmm. Hmm. 
relationships wow. again. Jesus was all about relationships. And that's what I'm about. That's what Sports Challenge is all about, building relationships, because those go on for eternity. That's great. This has, uh, is, how is sports, what, what, what's your plan for sports challenge in the future um, without Jim Stump? Will, are there others? <laughs> that you, do you hope that, that they're going to, this, this thing's going to continue on? Uh, John, I, I've never been a big organization guy. Uh, I think the fact that I've remained uh, all these years in a 501c3 by myself and not tried to, to build a big organization mm-hmm. out of it, um, that tells you something probably. But the, the whole model of one-on-one mentoring, as I've been asked to speak in, in various places around the country, at conferences of, of college athletes, et cetera, Mm-hmm. Um, more and more guys are picking up on this and adapting it to the ministry, you know, whether they're with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes or Athletes in Action or just a, a local pastor, you know, who's involved as a chaplain to their their college team or, or whatever. They're adopting this model of one-on-one mentoring, and it's changing lives everywhere. Um, you know, it's... It's it just works. I guess that's the best way of saying it. Wow. Well, no. Uh, so, in, in fact, I had one guy who heard me speak at a conference right here in Dallas about ten years ago, and he was with a, a major sports organization, and he he heard me me speak. And halfway through my talk, I was just talking about what I did at Stanford, the one-on-one mentoring, the model, and. And he interrupted me and stood up and said, so how many guys do you meet with a week? And I said, about 35. And he said, 35? How do you do that? And I said, well, how many guys do you meet with a week, one-on-one? And he said, about four. And I said, four? How do you do that? Aren't you in, quote-unquote, <laughs> full-time ministry? And, and uh, you know, I didn't – I tried not to offend him, but I didn't know. Well, the, the next year at the same conference um, – we were all back together, and there were some new people there. So the fellow who was directing the conference asked people to stand up and talk about who they were and where they ministered. And this, this guy was the first one off his chair. And he said, I came to this conference last year, and I heard this little guy speak and, uh, about one-on-one mentoring. And I thought, what does a shrimp like that have to, have to teach me about anything? I played in the NFL. And he said the longer he spoke, the bigger he got. And by the time he was done, I determined that that's the model I was going to use. So I went back to my university and called my four staff together. And I said, from now on, this is what we're going to do. And if you're not meeting with at least 20 guys a week one-on-one, I want to know the reason why. And he said, in this last year, our ministry has quadrupled. Hmm. A a year later, he called me and he said, I wanted to see if uh, this model works in the gang world. And he said, I, I was raised in a, in a major city. And fortunately I never got involved in gangs, but I, I went back there and started meeting with gang leaders. And he said, almost every gang leader I've talked to has committed their life to follow Jesus. And the answer wow. I get from every one of them is you're the first person that's ever taken the time to get to know us one-on-one. And the NFL sends people in and the NBA sends people in every year and they say, naughty, naughty, you shouldn't be in gangs. And then they leave town. Mm. But you stayed. And 
So wow, the model works no matter where you try hmm. it. And that's because it, Jesus yeah. was the author of it. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. That is so powerful, Jim. Wow. Well, gosh, I can't I can't thank you enough for spending some time. It it, it went so fast. We were going to talk about the Super Bowl. Are we done, John? Um, we are just about. Yeah, wow. it's been thirty minutes. Um, I I can go over a little. There there we don't have to, but but uh, the, I wanted to get into the meat of it, and I I think we did. And I, um, okay. you know, it's been good, Jim, because it's been good for me too. Because I think I've uh, I, I've gotten so busy with what I do and. And I sit here with a computer and uh, write all the time, and and that is great. But it's but it, it can also be isolating, and um, mm. Mm. and just talking to you and uh, reading uh, portions out of your book again that you sent me so kindly, and um, uh, has just got me going again. I. Um, but I'm realizing we ought to say that you know, the name of that book is The Power of One-on-One. It's so power if anybody's one on interested, one. it's a, The Power of One-on-One. Yeah. It's available on Amazon or ChristianBook.com. Um, and also my, my website is sportschallenge.org, and my contact information is there if anyone wants to contact me and have further conversation. There you go. Okay, folks, there you go. And so... Are, are you rooting for anybody on Sunday, or are you just going to enjoy the game, or what are you, what are you going to do? <laughs> well, I, I have relationships, some relationships with uh, guys on the on the Patriots team. Uh, they have a person that's kind of in my role on the team there, really, and I've I've gotten to know him, and he's just a, a strong believer. So I, I like that, but I've never been a big AFC fan. So um, I don't know. I'm, I've got mixed emotions. I I'll, because of, because it's you, John. I'll probably say I'll go with the Rams. <laughs> uh, have you ever been to a Super Bowl? I never have. It's it's costly <laughs> to go to Super Bowls, and there's a reason they call oh, them nonprofits yeah. by that name. So. Um, it's it's just it's never happened. I'd love to. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. But you've been to you've been to some worked. Rose Bowls. Oh yes. Yes, a number of. Rose and you Bowls. did go. Were you able to to be at most of the games with the players? Yes. In fact, I at Stanford I traveled with the team um, on the team charter most what of the fun. time I was there. Oh, that's great. So. That's great. Yeah. So you were right down there on the field and and part of the whole thing, huh? Well, I I was wow. until this uh, person from the Office of Religious Life decided I was too uh, <laughs> uh, too obvious there, and uh, she didn't want me down there, and she put a lot of pressure on the athletic director who who asked me to sit in the stands. As much as the coaches did not want that, they wanted me on the field, and the players wanted me on the field. Wow. Uh, wow, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Politics well, plays a big uh, role in yeah in the university today. But what a what a thing to know though that 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 matters little because you 
you were in already. You had the relationships, and you, and you yeah. had them. And uh, just think of the lies that have been influenced. Uh, what a what a fantastic thing! And yet, as you say, Jim, it is such a simple thing, is it not? Yeah. Yep. Ask well, John, questions. you know me. You know I'm a simple person. So uh, it, it yeah, had, it had to be simple. Yeah. Anyone oh, who grows up in a, in a log cabin in the outback of Alaska with his own dog team and his own trap line has got to be a pretty simple person. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Jim, I can't thank you enough. This has been great. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it'll help us to, to think about um, – much deeper things uh, about what happens with with sports. Mm. What what's the potential Absolutely. with with mm. with relationships that that yeah. that uh, and the lives that can be changed. This is so mm-hmm. good. So mm. thank you, Jim. Um, you bet, John. Love thank to your family you for the honor and, uh, of being invited. Yeah, this is great, and uh, so take care and. And, and we'll have you on again soon. This is this is this is great. I appreciate Wonderful. you spending the time. Okay, Jim. You bet, John. God Thank bless. you so much, brother. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Well, there you have it, folks. That was cool. Um, what a what a wonderful opportunity. How great to think about um, the impact that uh, one person can have. Uh, in such a simple way, just being involved with people's lives. Um, and uh, I hope it's been been encouraging to you, and I hope it helped bring something into you, was born into you, that uh, was in into me as well as, as I listened. And, you know, who am I spending time with? Where are the people am I, where am I passing on? the things that, that that Christ has passed on to me. Is that not the Great Commission? It's what he mm-hmm. told us to do. Take, go, and make disciples. And so uh, let's think about that, and let's pray about what God might want to do in our lives and in our relationships um, as, as, we, uh, as we develop wherever we are in the marketplace, this is, this is a one start with one. That's all it takes. And, uh, we move on from there. So, uh, God, God bless you. Great to have you with us again. And, uh, we look forward to next week. A new guest. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.